silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself as Otus. And as he was passing through that region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your spirit. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word proclaimed by the Holy Spirit. We ask that your spirit may stir our imaginations and open our hearts and our eyes, that we may know your presence in our lives. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Spirit shop. That's what the sign says. Spirit shop. It also says, just to the left of it, Magruder's. If you go and you look at the, the mast over Magruder's, there's Magruder's and then small sign, spirit shop. And we know the spirits sold at Magruder's are things like brandy and scotch. But it got me wondering about just that, those words, spirit shop. And what if there were a shop that sold different kinds of spirits? Like, for example, if one were very low in spirit, could there be a shop that could sell a bright new spirit? Or if one was broken in spirit, would there be something that could mend a broken spirit? Or if there were an evil spirit, would there be something that could cast out that evil spirit? Or if someone were mean-spirited, would there be something to heal a mean spirit? Maybe they'd sell a ghost, a spirit. We speak about the spirit of the law 
or the spirit over the letter of the law. I've cleaned my paintbrushes in mineral spirits. In some ways, these are some things that are distilled. In some ways, the spirit means the essence of. But at pep rallies, when I was in high school, we tried to get school spirit. Sometimes spirit is an energy. Sometimes we talk about it as conveying a feeling or just a mood. But when the Bible talks about the spirit and we gather in the presence of the spirit, we're talking about the life-giving presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, it's no wonder that when we gather in church and we're talking about the spirit with so many understandings of spirit out here in the world that we may sometimes lose the concept that can get conveyed here. We have to study the spirit with a capital S here. And it's great that we have the book of Acts because it's the Acts of the Apostles. I had a seminary professor who said it would be more likely named or more rightly named the Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is one of the primary actors in the book of Acts. So we're going to take some time with this story about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and the Holy Spirit. Philip was called by God in the early church to be a deacon, and he was put in charge, one of seven in charge of caring for the poor. When the other deacon, Stephen, was murdered, the deacons and some of the apostles fled Jerusalem. And they went to other places and they proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the spirit told Philip to go to the wilderness road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now in truth, this was not a wilderness road. This was a well-traveled road. But in the Bible, the wilderness is code for liminal space, the place of spiritual transformation, that wild place where anything can happen and people can be transformed, that's the wilderness. If you have ever felt called to go for a walk in the woods, to discover or think about who you are, something happening in your life, if you have ever felt the tug to go to a particular place in the world, in your neighborhood for rest or discovery or to work something out, you have known the work of the Holy Spirit. Certainly, Henry David Thoreau knew this on the shores of Walden Pond. We walk in the woods because the Spirit has called us. On that wilderness road, 
The Spirit knows that there is someone who Philip needs to meet. See, the Spirit grieves when our souls are hurt. And the Spirit introduces Philip to a man whose soul has been deeply, deeply wounded. Because the Spirit knows that Philip has just what this man needs to hear to be healed. Now maybe you have been in that place where somehow it happens that you are put in the presence of somebody who needs just the words that you have to heal. Maybe the Spirit has already been active in your life. I know it has. In your work or in your daily life, when you have already been called to reach out and give life to the children you teach, the grandchildren you care for, the justice work that you do. When you have been in that place at the right time, just when somebody needs your help, your comfort, you know the Holy Spirit. So how has the man in the chariot been so deeply hurt? Well, he is on the road from Jerusalem going back to Ethiopia. And he traveled all the way from Ethiopia to go to the temple in Jerusalem. See, he's a convert to Judaism because people all over the world were attracted to the God of Israel. And they knew about the temple in Jerusalem. And they had even read in the book of Isaiah that the temple, the holy mountain, would be a place of worship for all peoples of every nation. And so this man who'd studied scripture had traveled from Africa to Jerusalem to be in the temple, the presence of God, to stand there in that place and see the magnificent stones, to feel the holiness, to worship with others, who worshiped as he did? Not only is he traveling a far way and so faithful to God, he is a man of stature. He's riding a chariot, not a donkey. He is an official in the queen's court. He is in charge of the entire treasury. He is a man of knowledge. He reads. But what happens when he gets to the gate of the temple? They don't let him in. Why? Well, the temple is not quite yet that house of prayer for all people. It wasn't that quite yet the place where all foreigners were welcome. Some people were banned. 
And there was another thing on top of that. He was a eunuch. I'm not going to go into what a eunuch is exactly. But suffice it to say that probably through no choice of his own, when he was a young boy, his male parts were altered. Because that's what they did in some cultures. But not in Israel. And so when he gets to the temple, they're not letting him in. He has traveled all that way, been so deeply humiliated, so wounded in soul, that as he's reading that passage from Isaiah, I imagine that tears are falling on his Bible and that his heart is burning with sadness and with pain and with anger. So Philip is a gift because the Holy Spirit reaches out and finds us and wants to heal our pain. The eunuch asks, this lamb who was led to the slaughter, who was humiliated, who's this about? And Philip says it was about Jesus. He was a Jew, and he worshipped in the temple, and they really didn't like him either. Jesus tried to get them to help the poor, but they killed him. And then God made him alive. Now, the thing that, that we don't necessarily notice unless we know the Greek and we know that there's a Greek version of the Bible after the Hebrew version, but we don't use it anymore because they didn't translate it all correctly. What the eunuch is probably reading is the Septuagint, the Greek translation, in which you're following all this very carefully, I know. The Hebrew got translated, that last line, his life was taken away from the earth. In the Greek version, it got tweaked a little bit to say that his life was taken up from the earth. Like the way Elijah was taken up by the chariot. So Philip was hearing Jesus was taken up from the earth. So just in that passage from Isaiah, it is fitting the Jesus story so well. And Philip can tell all of this story right there to this man and help him understand that what Jesus was about was the Holy Spirit alive and connecting people and Jesus is still alive. And no matter whether you are Jew or Greek or Ethiopian or a man or a woman or a child or rich or poor or a eunuch, the Spirit reaches out to you the spirit of the living God of Israel through Jesus. Really, I can worship God? You will let me be a Jesus person and I can be a part of this community? If you have ever been moved by a piece of scripture to find comfort or insight 
or awakening, you have known the Holy Spirit. If you've ever seen yourself in Scripture or said, oh, wow, that's me, you have experienced the Holy Spirit. I want the Spirit. Find some water and get me baptized, says that eunuch. Water is a sign of what? Baptism. Water, a sign of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be doused in the Holy Spirit. The life-giving presence of God that heals souls and overcomes barriers to community. Do we get why he goes on his way rejoicing? He has been loved and accepted. His humiliation has been taken away. He gets to be a Jesus person. He has the Holy Spirit. Tradition says that he is the first Christian in Africa. He would be the theological forebearer of Augustine. That Augustine who was from North Africa. Of course, he would be the theological father of all Ethiopian Christians. If you've ever been humiliated or rejected because something about you just wasn't quite right, and people helped turn that around, you have known the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you have ever been, I suspect that we all have, been one who has humiliated someone else, or at least given into some kind of discrimination, and suddenly woke to your conscious or unconscious bias and gave it up, you have known the Holy Spirit and the good news of the forgiveness and new life made possible in Jesus Christ. A friend of mine in seminary took me to a kind of spirit shop in Spanish Harlem, where they sold spiritual goods, candles, and oils, and incense to aid in prayer, miniature statues of saints. I got myself a Saint Joseph, because as a finder of lost things, I really wanted to find that man in my life, I admit it. There's a magnet on the bottom of that little statue. You could hang him upside down permanently. <laughs> and before we dismiss someone else's spirit shop, let us respect ways in which people connect to the Holy Spirit. 
In Greece, there were amazing spirit shops with silver candelabra and incense burners and icons and a bishop's robe that if I could have purchased, I would have because, dang, that was beautiful. My spirit shop may be the paint store because you know when I paint, I know the Holy Spirit. You've got it too. We don't have to go to a spirit shop because the spirit is all around us and of course it's free and it comes and it wants to be a part of us. It seeks us out. In the Bible, the word in, for spirit in both Greek and Hebrew is breath or wind. Every time you take a breath, you know the Holy Spirit. If you are alive, you know the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is everywhere, the giver and renewer of life. Do we have time to turn to page 38? Should we turn to page 38? Let's turn to page 38 in our hymnals. Not hymn 38, page 38, the part of the hymnal that we never take out. Page 38. There's a red number four, about a third of the way down. Have you found it? Let's begin reading together. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves, and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the church. The same spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, frees us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come Lord Jesus. With believers in every time and place, 
we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.